The reading for today is from John 1, verses 29 through 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Here ends the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Tim. If we haven't met, welcome to Alleluia on this uh, winter's morning. We're continuing a uh, series called Embrace the Season, and uh, we're going to talk about the text we just heard. Uh, but before we get back into the text, um, the, this, this series for Advent, these four weeks of Advent, where we come and we light the wreath, we're trying to talk about a balancing act that Christ followers have to do this time of year. Um, the balancing act isn't unlike in the spring with bunnies and eggs and springtime and all of that with Easter. We as people of faith are in the middle of a season now where there are uh, Christmas uh, traditions from the secular world. There's, there's all the ho-ho-ho and the gift buying and the, all that comes with Christmas, the parties, the shows, the, the travel, all that stuff. And how do we do this balancing act with all that stuff and remembering that at the center of this season is Jesus. The center of this season is focusing on the arrival of God in the person of Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? How do we do that as Christ followers? And that's what this series is about. Last weekend we talked about the promise of Scripture. Pastor Mark talked about Isaiah and how we uh, are to remember the promise of God that the light has come and the, and the darkness can't overcome that. And, and, and the promise, remembering, leaning into the promises. Today we're going to go back to the text and hear the words from John the Baptist again. But before that, um, let's, uh, let's just kind of warm up a little bit. How many of you have a favorite place out in creation somewhere? If you could raise your hand. If you could think right now, your favorite spot you've ever been in the universe, okay? This is mine. This is Dream Lake in Rocky Mountain National Park. And this was a family vacation we took last year with our kids. Here they are. No, if you know my kids, that's, that's, that's not them. But it feels like it. Some people have asked if this is like a, a green screen, like that's not real behind them. But that's, the, that's a real picture taken with a phone, okay? So that's, that's the incredible uh, technology we have now. This is a spot, and you know, we had young kids at the time, and if you've ever been hiking in the, in the national parks, you know, you, you want to be careful with what trails you go on with little ones. So this is just kind of an easy beginner sort of path, and it takes you into this place. We found this spot, and I, I just sort of stood there in God's glory, 
and just in awe. How many of you have been out in a place in creation and you've just been overwhelmed by the beauty of the creation and you think to yourself, there has to be a God. Creation points us to God. This is a spot, it was a hot day, we had been hiking and we paused for this picture and you see the snow caps in the back and as the wind came over them, it brought this cool breeze and it hit right across our face and on our skin and it cooled us down. It was a glorious moment in God's creation. I stood there and I thought, God, you are awesome. To give us this beauty, to give us this, this majesty. But you know, it's not just creation pointing us to God in the big grandeur moments and the big picture scenes and the great pictures. It's also the little things. Six years ago, there's a Russian photographer who, using backlight, on the, on the patio of his place, photographed snowflakes. Have you seen these things? Look at this one. That's a snowflake. Look at the design. Look at the beauty. Look at the majesty in that one flake. Next one. The next one. Snowflakes. Creation points us to a creator. It's amazing. One of my favorite quotes on this subject is from J.K. Chesterton, not the J.K. your author brain went to right away. Not that J.K. J.K. Chesterton, early 1900s, English philosopher, theologian, author. Don't expect you to be able to see that real well, but I have it here and I'll read it to you. It's from his book, Orthodoxy, 1908. In short, I had always believed that the world involved magic. Now I thought that perhaps it involved a magician. And this pointed a profound emotion always present and subconscious. And this world of ours has some purpose. And if there is a purpose, there is a person. I had always felt life first as a story. And if there is a story, there is a storyteller. J.K. Chesterton. There is a story in Scripture of a God of creation who loved the world so much that he sent his son to us at Christmas. And in these Scriptures, we hear the psalmist in Psalm 19 say this. Let's bring that up. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. How many of you have been out under the stars on a clear night and looked up and just found yourself in, in the majesty and, and the glory of God's creation? Raise your hand. Isn't that crazy? The Bible points us to Jesus. The Bible points us to Jesus. And in Advent, what better time to reconnect with the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, the story of Jesus found in the four Gospels at the beginning of the New Testament. To read again his words, to read again the words about his life, to read again how he went to a cross for your sins and mine and conquered sin and death through the empty tomb. How about now being the time we re-engage with God's word? That balancing act. Yes, go to the parties. Yes, get all the stuff ready for Christmas. But also, yes, as a Christ follower, point to Jesus.
The whole story of Scripture points us to Christ. The stories of the Old Testament foreshadow his story. The prophets we talked about last week remind us of the promise five, six hundred years before his birth in Bethlehem that he would come, and he did. The Gospels tell us, as mentioned, about his life, death, and resurrection. The rest of the New Testament helps us unpack our faith in him as Lord and Savior all the way through Revelation, which talks about his glorious return. The whole scriptures point to Jesus. Yes, creation points us to a creator, but Jesus says, if you want to know that creator, come to me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And this book points us to Christ. Martin Luther, the great uh, reformer of the 1500s, said this about Scripture. It's as if the Scriptures are the cradle which hold the baby Jesus. Don't just look at the cradle. Look at Jesus. In John 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 39, if you want to join me there for a moment, Jesus says this, you study the scriptures, John 5, 39. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And back to what Luther said, we, we have to be careful. Don't just engage with the scriptures for, for, as a means, as the end, but understand the purpose of them is to point us to Jesus a person, the risen Christ, who conquered sin and death for you and me. Now, in today's text, John the Baptist had one job. And it's not the job you think it might be. Because in his name, you might think that was his one job. John the what? Yeah, so that's his job, baptized. That wasn't his main job. It was something he did. And preparing for Christ, that was very important too. But let's go back to the text and see what that one job was. John 1, 29, in your Bibles. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's hear his words one more time. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's a lot in that phrase. The Lamb of God. God's people, Israel, were enslaved in Egypt around 1300 B.C. And Moses, you know the story, Charlton Heston, the whole thing. And the ten plagues to get Pharaoh of Egypt to let the Israelites go, to free them from slavery... None of the first nine did the job. God brought a tenth. He instructed the Israelites to take a sacrificial lamb and take the blood of that lamb and mark their dwelling around the doorframe with that blood. And their firstborn son would be spared. This was the plague which broke the camel's back for Pharaoh because his firstborn son did not survive. He said, that's it. Take you and your God and get out of here. And he let them go. 
John says in our scripture today from John, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, foreshadowing the cross, this man's blood is going to be shed. He will be the sacrificial lamb, not for one nation, but for all nations. Not by putting his blood on a doorframe, but by his blood being on the wood of a cross. And he would deliver all people. Death would pass over now, not just one nation, but all nations for all generations who believe that Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world on a cross for you and for me. And that's his job. John the Baptist's main job was to point believers and others and you and me today to that Savior, Jesus Christ. And now as Christ followers, how are we doing with that during Advent? And that's what this message is about. How do we, how do we point to Jesus? How do we take John at his word? How do we live out what John is saying? in our lives as Christ followers. We point people to things all the time, don't we? We point people to things like restaurants. How many of you have told someone to go eat somewhere before? How many of you said that? How many of you have been told by someone you gotta go over there and eat some, oh, you gotta get that burger, oh, you gotta get the pizza there, oh, you gotta go there? Because that's where, that's how we do it. We just point people. This is the Ho-Ho Gourmet in St. Paul, Minnesota, just west of 3M, north of 94 on Old Hudson Road. If you're ever in St. Paul, you gotta have lunch here. It's the best Chinese buffet lunch you'll ever have in your life. Trust me, if you're ever there, you will thank me. Wave to the 3M people with the lanyards on while they're eating there, and say hi to Otis, the waiter with the food man. Uh, he's got this mustache, it just comes all the way. Say Tim says hello. We do this with our media and our movies. How many of you have had Someone in the last three months tell you you got to watch this show on Netflix or you got to go to a movie they just saw, okay? How many of you said that to someone? My brother came through town for Thanksgiving. It's like, and he and his, his, his oldest son, it's like, have you seen the new Mr. Rogers movie? I'm like, no. I'm like, the one with Tom Hanks? He's like, yeah. I'm like, no. He goes, you got to see it. You got to. I'm like, I have to see it? It's like, no, you got to. You got to. And his son goes, you got to go. It's really good. Let's go to the next one. We point people to attractions. People come to town. We live in the Chicago area. Your friends come to the area. Hey, what should we do while we're there? Well, go to the Bean. Go to this museum. Go to that. Don't do that. Don't big state. You know, go there. Don't go there. We point people every single day to things and people and places. And we do it at Christmas time. And if we're not careful, we can do it 100% without a, a thought of Jesus involved. Let's think about that. We could do it in our Christmas decor. We set up everything. The lights, the trees, the wreath, everything. But not a, not a hint or mention of Jesus. Next one. We do it in our media. We're listening to Christmas music. But is our Christmas music Christian? Are we hearing the great old carols of faith? Are we listening to the contemporary Christian music or is it just all the secular stuff? Last one. Our Christmas traditions, wonderful things. And again, I'm not here to say don't do any of these things. Do them all. Christmas traditions, but leaving out Jesus. So how do we, 
point to Jesus during the season of Advent as we prepare for Christmas? Well, let's think about that. As far as embracing the season, this, this is our theme. And um, let's go to the next slide, and we'll talk about three ways. For that balancing act to happen as a Christ follower, point to Jesus. I want to encourage you to point to Jesus in your Christmas decor. Do you have a nativity scene in your house? Pointing people to Jesus. Do you have ornaments on your tree that are based in faith? Do you have decorations around your house and your yard that point others to Jesus? It's important to think about that, and I want to encourage you to do that. Growing up in my house, and we've done it with our kids, my mom had this nativity scene, and every year, we, she would, no matter what our age was, we did it together. And we would take out piece by piece, and when we were little, she'd tell us the story of Christmas. But as we got older, we just started talking about what it might have been like to be that person in the nativity scene, or what the shepherds might have been thinking. And there was this moment in the Advent season, where we're as a family, as a household, pointing to Jesus. So I want to encourage you to think about ways that your Christmas decor can do that in this season of Advent. Another way we can point to Jesus is in our media, in our music. I don't think there's a better illustration of how to do this balancing act than what Charles M. Schultz wrote 65 years ago. 55 years ago, excuse me, still crazy, 55 years ago, this special first aired. Charlie Brown is a mess. He's in the blues of, of the season. He's been asked to lead the Christmas pageant, all the peanuts, and they're not respecting him, and he picks out a horrible tree, and and he's had it, and he cries out, doesn't anyone know what Christmas is all about? And Linus answers the question. Take a look. <laughs> I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs>
I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. There, there we go. Thanks. Linus pointing us to Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever caught this for the last five decades or how many years you've been watching this, but as soon as Linus says, fear not, he drops his blanket. His blanket goes down to the ground. That security blanket of his, representing all his fears and insecurities, and pointing to Jesus, he says, fear not, and he drops the blanket, and you see it there in that, in that frame. When we point to Jesus in Advent, we are reminding one another of the gift of, of salvation and grace and unconditional love through Christ. The last thing we can do to point to Jesus during this season is in your Christmas traditions. Here's a picture of Christmas worship here, the candlelight, and of course that's an incredible tradition, should be central, if not the number one priority of your Christmas uh, celebration should be worship. Not something you squeeze in or fit in, but it's actually the center of the holiday for you. Celebrating the birth and the advent of God in the baby Jesus. That's why we have a service on the 23rd. For those of you who are traveling or can't make it on the 24th, we want to give you as many options as you can to come and celebrate. There are other traditions as well that can point others to Jesus. My wife Kathy has this old burlap, like a three-by-four got some yarn on the top to hang it on a nail, and it's got all these pockets, handmade, and all these felt symbols with little snaps on them, and you take out the advent calendar, and you put it up on the day on the tree above, and then it was probably bought at a church craft fair, and on these strips of typewriter paper, someone has typed a little story or reminder that points us to Jesus each day as we get closer to celebrate Christmas. There's a lot of Advent calendars out there, but there's also those that point us to Christ and what this season is all about. Let's end this morning with uh, the scripture verse again. John 1.29, John the Baptist says, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I won't ask you to point physically, but why don't you read this with me out loud if you can see it. Say it out loud with me. Here we go. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. One more time. Give it a little gusto this time. Here we go. Ready? Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How are you pointing others to Christ as we embrace the season? Let's pray. Lord, in the busyness of life, it is so challenging at times to keep our focus on you, especially during these weeks before Christmas. The rush, the stress, the scheduling, all of the T's crossed and the I's dotted, and yet in the midst of all of that hustle and bustle, Lord, May we continue to embrace this season pointing to your son Jesus who comes to us at Christmas. Remind us, Lord, to embrace the season with your gift of life and love and grace.
through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. And we all said together, amen.